The information provided on this podcast is intended to be educational and informational only and is not considered to be formal legal advice. The listener should not take or refrain from taking action based on its content. Any listener in need of legal opinion upon which to rely in decision-making should consider formally engaging an attorney to review relevant facts in detail and examine the pertinent law as it applies to those facts. Welcome to Real Estate Milestones, where we explore fascinating topics in commercial real estate with knowledgeable industry experts. I'm your host, Ben Malik, and I'm a young real estate professional who is passionate about adding value to people's lives through the incredible power of real estate. My goal is to help you discover what the heck is going on in the industry and how you can get involved. This is Real Estate Milestones, where your future in real estate lies just around the corner. Hello, everybody. Today, we got Ellis Hammond on the show, and I'm super excited. This is going to be an amazing episode. You're not going to want to miss a second of, because not only is Ellis killing it as a real estate syndicator with Symphony Capital Group, um, which he founded with his face-based mission. We'll, we'll, know, we'll, we'll learn a little bit more about that. He's also started the Future of Real Estate podcast very recently, which I've had a chance to check out. And it's been awesome. So we're going to dive into a couple cool topics in the future of real estate related to the blockchain, crypto, and other cool, cool things you might have never heard about. And we're also going to hear a little bit about his story. So Ellis, thanks for coming on. Yeah, man. Pumped to be here. Thanks for sharing your platform for me. Of course. It's my pleasure. So could you tell us a little bit about yourself, how you found real estate? And I guess, yeah, start from the beginning. What's your, what's your story? What led you here? Yeah. Uh, you know, if I can do it, man, there's, it's definitely, it's, it's open for a lot of folks. I was a college pastor, uh, missionary for six years and we got into real estate really out of, out of necessity. You know, we, we needed a vehicle that could build, create wealth, produce cash flow, um, because we just didn't have any money. We wanted to do something big with our lives and, and really help a lot of people. And, you know, we were in ministry and it was, it's a great thing, but we could really only give our time. And, you know, we wanted to be able to um, do something with money as well. And so, you know, real estate became that vehicle for us. And we started with the duplex, um, you know, but instead of kind of incrementally growing, which is what I think most people think they have to do, which is even why we got started with the duplex, you know, I just learned about this vehicle of multifamily and actually being able to syndicate or essentially put funds from other people together to go purchase larger deals, you know? So we went from buying two units to buying 144 units, like in a matter of a year. <laughs> and, uh, and so that's what we focus on today is um, multifamily assets across the country, Typically, kind of our sweet spot right now is anything from twenty to forty million dollar uh, assets in strong markets like Dallas, Kansas City, uh, Houston, Austin, and um, when we get lucky, maybe even San Diego. Yeah, awesome. That's a that's a great background and um, very interesting. I kind of wanted to dig a little bit more into that. So you know, you have the group Symphony Symphony Capital. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about how your experience as a college pastor and how religion plays a role in your life? inspired you in, in that company? And then yeah. also how's your connection between that past and then also real estate? Cause I know some people might think that like, you know, money or wealth is not something necessarily religious and they might contradict, which I don't believe, but uh, I think you have a compelling claim about that. Yeah. It's a good question, man. Um, well, yeah, I definitely, my faith is a huge part of what we do, right? I mean, it, I'm just massive belief in 
in life and God and what we're doing and what he's called us to, you know, I really think, I mean, forget, you know, I think so many people could put a focus on money. I think that's where we get, you know, that that's where it's just such a small way of thinking about the world and about business and about anything is like, it's all about the money. And it's just not true. I mean, business is a vehicle for mission. It's a vehicle, uh, for opportunity, you know, it, it creates jobs and wealth and, and margin for for everyone, for my family, for the people who work for my company, right? For, I mean, multifamily, we're owning assets that give people an opportunity to have a safe, great place to live. And so and I think about it more in that way. You know, the thing that I kind of had to learn, and I just didn't understand this when I was in ministry, you know, and I think this is where people really get off. You know, again, they're just they're so focused on the money issue and and that money flows to value. I mean, that is really when you look at the great entrepreneurs of the world, people who are really wealthy, they're not wealthy because they like cheated their, you know, most people, you know, who they, you know, I say most people, it, there's a, it's very actually a small minority um, of people who got wealthy doing deceptive things. Most people become wealthy, man, because they built enough trust and created enough value in the world to become that wealthy that people have trusted them with opportunity with capital and they brought value to the world to get paid and dude that's what business is all about that's why i love it and i think faith is a huge part of that because as a as a christian as someone who follows god and who is made in the image of god and wants to wants to you know essentially uh, see other people flourish. I mean, there's not a better vehicle, dude, than a good business who can just create and add value to the world. Uh, and I think that's a very godly or kingdom thing to do. And that's why I love business. And I really thought for a long time, man, ministry was the best vehicle to do that in, like full-time vocational pastoral ministry. And that's why I was in ministry. But I think business is, um, I think business is a better vehicle because it reaches so many more people. And uh, that's why I, um, I think I make a better entrepreneur than I do a pastor uh, because I am business minded and I do like to make money uh, because it is a really great scoreboard and uh, people are not a good scoreboard, uh, but money is a good scoreboard and it, I, I'd like winning too. So there is something kind of the game that I, that I like. Um, so, you know, to say that I'm not focused on money would also be lying and, <laughs> and, and, and not true because I do, there's something about the scoreboard and the game of business in entrepreneurship that dude i just love i thrive in and i think it makes me good so yeah that's awesome i know you're named 2020 multifamily investor of the year by uh some by some authority i thought that was yeah by some authority yes yeah. so someone said it i mean it doesn't even matter who and honestly it really doesn't matter at all because um it's totally just something to put on your website you know, it doesn't, doesn't really help me buy more deals or anything like that, but it is cool to get recognized sometimes for your, to literally come out of nowhere, nothing and no, no one. And then to be recognized by, you know, a well-published magazine. It's cool. It was, it was definitely a good, um, you know, it's like a nod, like, okay, somebody's, you know, somebody's, I'm starting to do something right that people are paying right. attention, you know? And I think that's part of this game, man. You know, learn too, is like, you got to get people's attention. And I think that's what I've been good at is just getting enough attention early on. And, uh, you know, cause if people don't know you, man, they, you know, they can't do business with you. And so that's, that's super, super big part of this game. Yeah. That's a really good point. And, um, part, partly the reason I, I started this podcast, but also a lot of what you mentioned is 
uh, I find real estate to be an amazing vehicle to add value to the world. You know, I don't, when I eventually, when I get to a point where I'm developing real estate, I don't want to just, you know, have a box where people live, but like, I want to create a place where people can feel good and every day can wake up knowing this is a place that they want to be. And like that kind of value, it's like, so we're adding value to our investors, to our family, to our empire, but we're also creating a place where people want to be. And we're, you know, giving them the simple things. Maybe they don't want to walk to a laundromat. They want to washer and dryer in their place. They're willing to pay more for that. We're going to get compensated for the value, but really it's about the value that we're creating. And yeah. that's the, the legacy I want to leave on the world. And yeah, that's, deep, man. that's huge. Yeah. And a vision like that, you know, what's cool about that is that it's a big vision, man. It's something worth chasing. It's something that'll motivate you, you know, while your buddies are back in your place, you know, watching YouTube or playing video games, like you're sitting here doing a podcast. And I think, I think, you know, you need something like that to motivate you and to keep doing the hard thing and to do the work when no one's noticing. And when you're not named, you know, investor of the year or whatever, it's like, why are you doing it? Well, you're really not doing it for what other people say. Like, I really don't care. Um, you know, I'm doing it because we have a vision of what we want to accomplish. And I can have all the awards, accolades in the world, but I mean, if it's not creating wealth and producing cash flow for me, for my investors, for, um, you know, those who are part of what we're doing, then it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. And I so. mean, there's, there's something just that one person who acknowledges that acknowledges you. It's like one person heard a podcast and thanked me and said I inspired them. And it's just, that one kid ha keeps me going for another month, at yeah. least, you know, just the feeling that I got from that one piece of recognition is, was amazing. And, you know, it's, it's not about the recognition, but it does, it does feel good. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's a, that's a good point also. And so I guess we touched on your, your first milestone in real estate, but um, kind of how did you get from a duplex to where you are now? Okay. We just kind of skipped a little bit of that, that process too. I mean, it was exponential. Like, again, it's really not incremental. I mean, I, we just kind of, <laughs> so, so funny to say this, like, you know, we, I mean, the, if there's something incremental, like we built more and more relationships with investors and, you know, I have my own podcast and I build a platform called Kingdom REI and I, um, you know, I spent money going to conferences and I built the relationships in this space that I needed to build in order to go buy bigger deals. And so, I mean, that's how we, we scaled, right? I mean, we built an investor base who trusted us, who wanted to put money into real estate. And then we went and found really good op. I went and found a couple good operators or guys that were more experienced, had more deal flow. And so we partnered together and we took down a couple deals, you know, and we, so that was what, you know, a lot of 2021 looked like was partnering with others and doing deals in good markets where our team can, run run a lot of the back end and the equity and the the capital stack and the financing and then we have you know someone who's on the ground and running the deal so you know right that was probably the the process side of it man we just we got really good at raising money and you know now that we've kind of I wouldn't say figure that piece out, but getting better at that piece you know now we're able to like I'm in Dallas this week looking at deals on our own right so that we can go take down and so I just think, man, you, you know, if anyone's listening, you kind of focus on, on one thing and this business is, I always say it's pretty simple. Like it's either finding deals or finding money. And if you can do one of those two things, you'll be very successful in this business at real estate investing. And so we got really good at raising money and, and now we're trying to kind of get really good at finding deals. <laughs> yeah. And that would be cool to have both of those sides, but um, the operations is, can't be understated too. You know, if you can't execute on a business plan, that could be 
pretty devastating for both the people you find the the money and then also for the process of the deal. Yeah, I mean, but if you buy great assets too, not saying operations are important. It is. It's extremely important. Um, but it's not nearly as important as finding great deals. Uh, because, you know, if you buy a poor deal, it doesn't matter how good your operations are. If it's in a bad market, you know, it, it's just, you know, or you overpaid or whatever it is, you, you know, you're always going to be on an uphill battle. So don't get me wrong. I think operations is key and something we pay attention to. And it is a huge focus in this kind of where we're at in the market. But, um, you know, there's also great people that you, you know, that's why I love buying bigger deals because then we can, we can hire world-class property management companies, you know, people who, who have a master's in operations, uh, you know, who are, um, you know, incredible at leasing and marketing. It's hard to do that when you're buying a duplex, man, because you're doing everything. And I'll be honest with you, like, dude, I'm just not a great operator. Like, not, um, it's not what I want to do. I don't want to be like, I want to go raise money and find deals. So you can't sacrifice that part of the business. So you need to bring in other experts to do that. And you, you really kind of, you can't do that. You can't go get great people if you're, buying small deals it's just the reality yeah well that's a really good point and um i mean it seems like starting small makes sense for some reasons but then also at the same time that's a, no a, i don't think it makes sense you don't think it makes <laughs> sense i mean no I, I just think like if you can go buy bigger deals you should um you know do deals i mean if you're if you're you know young college student whoever you're listening to this yeah like Get into something. Don't wait to get started. But at the same time, don't think this, it, it's going to take you 10 years to go start buying big deals. Like it's not. Um, it doesn't have to. And so, you know, that's only, a, that's only a limiting belief that you have because someone else told you you needed to, you needed to grow incrementally. Um, but that's, there's plenty of people who've, you know, who, who've done it differently. Yeah. That's, that's, that's powerful. Definitely realizing how powerful and detrimental limiting beliefs could be. You know, sometimes I'm like, I'm a college kid. I'm a, I'm, I'm young. Like I don't have an experience. Like who's going to trust me. And it's like, I don't know. Let's find out. Like, let's go see. He's going to trust me. Right. Like, yeah. you know, it's only a limiting belief to say that no one's going to trust you. Cause yeah. uh, just not true. Um, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, I guess you started out pretty young and, and, and got over those, those hurdles, but uh, definitely inspiring. Cool. So, um, yeah, I guess I want to talk a little bit about your new podcast. You started the, the Future of Real Estate podcast, and that's uh, been really interesting. And it's a lot of trending topics that I want to touch. But, um, you know, first, can you kind of talk about how you came up with the idea to start this and, uh, you know, where, where that where it came from? Yeah, I mean, I'm just super interested, man. Like, I'm just interested in the future of like our industry. And I'm really curious to I'm, for, I'm just curious. Like, I'm curious to know about crypto and blockchain technology and these different platforms, you know, of crowdfunding. And I'm just really, I'm really curious to know and understand. And what I've learned is that if you have a platform like you do, this is how you get time with people. Like, it's, people are busy. Successful people are busy. People who are building things are busy, and they don't really have time to talk or chat or for you to pick their brain. But it's interesting, man, how much people will make time to like come on a podcast show, like. And really, here's the secret. I mean, here, I'll be honest with you, man. I have no idea how many people listen to this show. And honestly, I probably should have asked you that before I spent 30 minutes with you. But 
honestly, I was too busy to even ask you that. So I'm like, yeah, I'll be on your show. <laughs> but if you were to ask me for 30 minutes, like on the phone, just you and me, I probably would have said no, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so like, I just think anyone who's, um, if I just think having a platform and building a platform that can be of service to someone who's farther along the journey than you are is a great way to get started. So that's why I started Future Real Estate One because I'm curious about a topic and I know in order for me to learn, I need to be interviewing, you know, the top leaders, thinkers in our space. And the only way I knew for me to get their time was to build something that would be worth their time. And so, you know, we already have another podcast for faith, for faith-driven investors called Kingdom, Kingdom REI, Kingdom Real Estate Investors. So we built that podcast, to, you know, we've done hundred plus shows and, you know, 50,000 downloads. Uh, so it was like, well, let's just start a second show. <laughs> it's yeah. something totally different. So that's why we did it, man. And it's been really cool. I mean, I've learned, you know, we've interviewed some really cool people on the metaverse and real estate in the, in the metaverse. We've talked about future crowdfunding, group investing. It's just amazing. Like the technology that's coming into this space, that's making, the world of real estate and like accessible to, to a lot more people ever than ever. And that's, what's really cool, you know, about being in real estate right now, you know, for a long time, real estate's been very kind of closed off to the typical everyday investor, you know, unless you want to invest in a REIT. Um, It's not real estate. That's a security. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, this, this space has been unaccessible for, for the kind of the everyday investor because of like the barriers to get in and so it's really fun just to see all of the ways that technology is making it accessible and then the impacts that have on real estate in terms of value in terms of um, development just yeah it's a really exciting time in my opinion to be a part of this space yeah, I definitely agree. And um, we'll, we should definitely get into that. Uh, I remember watching one video on your YouTube or that you post on your LinkedIn um, about your your crypto portfolio. So yeah. I kind of want to start maybe as a disclaimer, um, you know, what, what was the deal with that? And, you know, crypto is always very volatile, but, volatile, but what's your advice regarding the, the non-real estate related aspect of this, this emerging industry? I think you should buy Bitcoin. I mean, I think it's fine. I just think, um, I think you should buy Bitcoin and now that you should go put a lot of money in Bitcoin, but you should go buy Bitcoin because you'll pay attention. I think that's probably the best thing that I did about the reason why I bought Bitcoin. Yeah, I did a video because I, you know, I bought Bitcoin like when it was originally 30K. It's like 30K today, but uh, before when it was first 30K and then went to 65K and I didn't do anything, I didn't sell, I didn't do anything. And I've never, probably will sell it. I shouldn't say I never sell it. I just sold some stuff. But my point was to always hold to about hundred K and sell. Well, in hindsight, I didn't know anything about Bitcoin. I thought it would just always go up because again, I've never been in it. I didn't study it. I don't know the trends. So then it crashes back to where I bought it at. So technically I didn't lose any money. Um, I just, it sucked to see <laughs> your portfolio go all the way up and then go all the way back down. Right. Um, but what it did, and this is really important, it caused me to pay attention and learn about Bitcoin and understand how Bitcoin works and why it's so volatile. And it makes me a more sophisticated, educated, seasoned investor. And that's really important. And you can't take that away from me. And so, yeah, I've kind of begun to s- scale out of Bitcoin a little bit in terms of as we have spikes. I just, you know, I'm selling a little bit of my portfolio now because I've gotten wiser about how to own and trade Bitcoin now. So, uh, you know, it's maybe more seasons. It's giving me good perspective. But, dude, I mean, I think crypto, 
you know, regardless if it's Bitcoin, Ethereum, Solana, you know, Doge, whatever, you can't underestimate the value or overlook the value of crypto technology in the blockchain. And Bitcoin's the leader of that is why I think if you just want to be a part of something or you want to own crypto, I think Bitcoin's your most conservative, safest um, store of value. And when the whole world is kind of fearing, that's when you should buy. So I think right now is a really good time to buy Bitcoin at March 9th, 2022. Um, it's a good time. And uh, as long as you have a long-term perspective, but if you're, don't like to see your portfolio go up and down investing in real estate because yeah, Bitcoin's exactly. not your asset. <laughs> totally. It makes a lot of sense. So yeah, let's get into it. Um, what's your, I mean, I'm, I love the idea of a chain of title on the blockchain. I mean, we're talking about a blockchain for something that's already called a chain of title. If every mm-hmm. house got a, a, a token or got a, you know, yeah, a token when it was built and every single thing that was changed about it was tracked in an on a unchangeable ledger, that would be pretty powerful, especially with how much money goes into the title industry. But I mean, in terms of how blockchain and crypto apply to the real world, what are some of the trends that you you look at and think are the most exciting? Yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think the inefficiency of the title, um, you know, even individual houses is, I mean, that that's really interesting. I think that's a market that can be very much disrupted, um, I think you know, property management in the way that, you know, especially on commercial buildings in terms of maintenance and maintenance requests. And, you know, th- there's some really interesting technology uh, there that's coming into play. I mean, blockchain in, in general, I think, uh, you know, this idea, I see a lot of folks, and again, I'm not quite sure if it's the best idea or not, but I think it's interesting. Um, the ability to tokenize real estate shares and fractionalize shares. Um, is really an interesting concept because of, again, like it's just making it more accessible for more people. And, you know, the easier we can make the technology and the more inner, you know, user-friendly it is when people don't even know that it's the blockchain, it's just like, this is how we do things, you know? Um, I think that's gonna, that, that will be when it really takes off. So, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I see a lot of folk, you know, um, tokenizing shares or making um, investment opportunities open to to a lot more people. And the reason that's so impactful is because, again, massive new wave of capital can now enter into the market where before they weren't. So I think that that could have a huge play in, um, in valuations of real estate. And not only that, but, you know, the, the access of capital to international markets, you know, and hey, so wow. uh, that, that, really fascinating where a guy in India who may not have very many great investment opportunities, um, you know, can now invest in U.S. real estate and, you know, a very predictable, reliable stream of income for him or her. Uh, it's going to grow and appreciate. It's going to be paid in dollars or, or something else that yeah, might be more yeah. stable. Yeah. So yeah, there's some cool stuff. You know, I think I, I mean, home ownership continues to be, um, something that more and more people are getting left out of because of prices. And so I, I think, I think that vision and dream of home ownership will probably die in America. And most people will see the benefits of just renting and then maybe fractionally owning a home with somebody else where they can build wealth through, you know, and live where they 
they they want to. I, I think that's going to be a growing trend over the next 10 years because it just makes sense. <laughs> I mean, uh, so yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of good stuff. And to kind of bring the perspective all together, Ellis offers real estate or he's a real estate syndicator. So he has investors that give him money to jointly buy an asset together, which they couldn't buy alone. So they pull together and then he's responsible for the, I guess the raising the capital and putting the deal together. And the other people just get to sit back and receive their monthly checks. But we're saying if you tokenize it now, you instead you can buy a share in, in one of these syndications and get your cash flow through a protocol that's a tie to this token that you you own that represents the actual piece of ownership in an actual property. But the the powerful, the really powerful thing that we're talking about is now someone like me who might not have enough, might not have fifty thousand dollars to put into an illiquid investment that will I can't touch for five years, I can now buy a fraction of a share, which maybe I could put a thousand dollars and buy a piece of someone's um, token. And then I can still get a proportionate amount of cash flow and build wealth in that way. I can also sell it if I need the liquidity, if I need to have my money to put right. into another thing. And another really, really powerful thing that I don't think is talked about enough is that now you have, it's, it's really hard to collateralize this illiquid piece share of a syndication deal. You're just you know, you give the money and then it's, it's kind of, it's kind of, that's kind of it. But now you can actually use the share of real estate as collateral for receiving loans, or you can lend off of it. And, um, you know, it's, it's now something that has a value that you can use. So, I mean, do you have a perspective on that? Yeah, I think that's a, it's a great point, dude. Um, I'd like to interview someone on that because I do think that's the, I mean, we have a lot of money in our deals um, and it is a downfall. It is the, like the negative thing of like, why well, I don't put all my money in these deals because I can't necessarily leverage off my shares. And some of the best things about, you know, investing in index funds, for example, is not just for the liquidity, but because of the leverage, right? Where I'm growing this asset, AKA my index funds, but I can borrow off that at 2% and then go invest that somewhere else where, you know, I have this great ownership of real estate through our, through our um, multifamily properties, but I can't collateralize that because it's, you know, it's, I'm, I'm not able to do that. I mean, we can get a loan as the operator off the portfolio or off of our deals if we wanted to, but like as an investor, as an LP investor in our deals, I can't do that. So yeah, I think that's, um, if you know anybody who's a really, who's an expert of that or talking more about that, I would love to, um, Go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, I definitely refer anyone over to you. I honestly came up with that just from what I know about blockchain and about the yeah, industry and about smart I like it a lot. So if you hear anybody talking more about it, that would be um I think that'd be key. That's huge. It's a huge benefit. Yeah, I mean, especially for savvy, sophisticated investors who you're looking to invest with anyway. So um yeah, definitely. It's it's it, the most amazing thing is that it's a protocol. You don't even necessarily need a bank to to get the money from if someone's will accepts that this collateral is worth something you can you know you can use it to collateralize a loan from any individual because it gets locked into a protocol into a smart contract that executes based on the inputs that you put into it so it's like if i borrow someone's money and i don't give it back and and you know the program can prove that the the, the share will get transferred by instantly so it's like it's you don't have to trust in in some escrow agent or you don't have to trust in necessarily some external person it's you have to just trust that the code is written and 
you that it can't be changed which is, is provable right. so it's a very powerful thing yeah. so yeah this is a lot of good um rabbit holes to go down i mean one thing that a lot of people have been asking about is metaverse real estate i know a lot of older people are very skeptical because it's not even real. Like it's just created, like what's the real value. I believe that there is real value. It shouldn't be dismissed. There are issues there, you know, but I kind of want to know if you had a perspective. Yeah, there's billions of dollars going into this. I mean, yeah. JP Morgan, like some, some I, big, I don't have any money, but there's some people that are way smarter than me with a lot more freaking money than I have that are putting a lot of money into it. So to say that it's nothing is foolish. Right. Um, it's an income stream. I mean, listen, just like anything, there's massive demand. There's people playing these video games all day long. Um, it's traffic, it's eyeballs. It's like anything. I mean, it's, you know, do I want to go live in the metaverse? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, you got more and more people playing video games. Um, it's a, you know, that's a massive industry. I mean, billions and billions of dollars in the gaming world and the metaverse is, you know, only going to make that more accessible, more realistic And the metaverse is going to need gaming to thrive and survive. And so, yeah, I mean, owning real estate is just, you know, essentially you, you own eyeballs, you own traffic. And so I do think it's a really, um, it's something worth paying attention to, you know, because if you own something there that again, people, the eyeballs are there and there's an income stream off of it, it makes a lot of sense. And so, uh, I don't want to overcomplicate it, right? It's just like a billboard on the street that people drive by. Well, owning real estate in the metaverse is very similar to that in that you own something in a virtual world that people log into every day and see over and over and over again. That could be really valuable. And, you know, people spend a lot of money on gaming and their profiles and stuff. And so... You know, all these kids, man, you know, you think, well, how, these kids don't have any money. Yeah, but there's so, you know, if everyone's paying $5 and there's a, a million people, that's a lot of money. So, you know, I think I think there's something to pay attention to there for sure. Again, I don't want to live in the metaverse. I don't spend a whole lot of time in the metaverse. I don't own any real estate in the metaverse. But I'm not saying I'm against it. I might. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, one thing people are like, what is the metaverse even? Like, what, what, where is this metaverse? And I'm like, you I asked them, like, are, do you live in any metaverses or have you been in any metaverses? And they always like, no. I'm like, have you ever played GTA? And, and they're like, yeah, I played Grand Theft Auto. And then, you know, think about it. Imagine you drove down the street and like a billboard, like this building actually had a billboard on it that said, you know, go invest with Symphony Capital. You know, that's, there's a tangible value there. Ellis is w willing to pay to, for that billboard because people are willing to do something in yeah. response to seeing it. So there is an actual value that you can equate to the real world and it still relies on the traffic, like who's going to into this metaverse. It's still, but like, that's something that can be tracked and then a value can be assigned to it. So there mm -hmm. is like a tent, there is a real value. It's not all just fabrication and which is a lot of what people think it is, just yeah. creating, you know, things and saying there's value, but like, no, like eyeballs is what, we're, you, what you're saying. Yeah. That's a good perspective. 100%. Yeah. So any of these topics that we've covered uh, regarding um, the future of real estate, you should go down the rabbit holes by checking out um, the future of real estate podcast with Ellis. Um, but let's jump into the lightning round. Let's do it. Cool. So what superpower would you want if you could choose any superpower? Oh, dude, I love that jumper movie where he can just jump wherever. I love that. I've always wanted to have that superpower. Yeah, that'd be cool. 
uh, it'd be easy for for touring properties and yeah exactly i was thinking i don't freaking drive all over dallas i can just like jump to the property yeah <laughs> yeah that's why i have super speed so i can uh you know do my comps yeah, jumping is way better than you don't have to run at all you just jump there you just think about it you're there like yeah. you know you're sometimes, sometimes the journey you know sometimes the journey is is the yeah, best you're part. Super speed, you don't see anything well, what's the point you might as well just jump there mm, maybe you have super speed site also <laughs> all right yeah that's a good point it's a good one um so what's your favorite book or what's the one that's helped you the most in your journey uh several so many um i read a lot uh book called mindset psychology of success i'd highly recommend that um there's a lot about the mind you know the bible speaks a lot about the mind and thinking you know proverbs talks about as a man thinketh he becometh and so there's really something powerful spiritual there that i think that book from a scientific um psychological kind of study brings out and you know um and it's, it was it's really, really good. And she gives some really great examples of people throughout history and, and um, what, you know, having a positive mindset has done for them. And that's been a huge, huge piece for me and my belief in growing and thinking is changing my thoughts, you know, changing really my belief about something and then changing my thoughts, which really leads to changing my actions, which ultimately, you know, your actions determine the quality of your life. And so... I really highly recommend that book. Yeah, it sounds like a good one. I'll I'll take it out. So what motivates you to continue every day? That's a good question, man. Um I just think I fear not reaching my potential. And uh it's really motivating to see how much more I can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. I know what you mean. I've been having the past couple of days, I've been in a place where I'm like, you know, people's like, you're doing all the right things, keep doing what you're doing. And I'm like, but like, there's no results right now. Like, and scaring, scaring me a lot. <laughs> and, um, but I realized as soon as I started taking a different perspective an outward perspective where I saw how I can help people now, which my goal is to help people through real estate in the future, but I just, texting my mom that I loved her and it made me happy, you know, just knowing that I can make someone else happy now. So it's like definitely a balance, you know, if you feel, if you start turning too much in, in on yourself with that fear, it'll, it'll be really, really difficult to keep going. But if yeah. you, you know, you gotta, it's the mindset too. whatever makes you motivated and allows you to be happy and continue is, is important too. So yeah. I just wanted to share that perspective. Yeah, no, it's really good, man. And, and I mean, I have my beautiful wife and kid and, and they're, they're all, motivating factors for sure my community my mom all those things no doubt but um but if you took all that away from me i would still do this and so my point is that like i think so when people say that oh i'll do it for my kids i'll do it for my wife i'm like so if they were gone you wouldn't do this anymore and the reality is like that's not true so like you're doing it for something deeper than that most of the time um and so I'm just being honest. <laughs> yeah, no, you got to be honest. That's, that's great. I appreciate that perspective. Great. So, um, so yeah, what advice would you give to someone who wants to follow in your footsteps? Yeah. You know, a couple of things is invest in yourself. Um, take the money, you know, take the money you're making. You know, if you don't, if you don't, you know, especially if you're starting out, like you, you are your most important asset and, um, and so invest in it, you know, your knowledge, your education, 
And I always say this, like, don't wait to build your network when you need it. So good for you. Like you're here building a good network of people. And I think that's been the biggest thing for us is like just building a strong network and being able to have that network when we're ready, when the opportunity presents itself to go do something much bigger, you know, like dude, we're getting a $40 million deal put in our lap. It's like, Oh crap. Like, what do I do? Like, well, no, I know what to do. Cause I know who to call, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, and if I didn't have that, well, I wouldn't be able to do anything with it. And so, um, not waiting to build your network when you need it, but really taking the time through building a platform and showing up at conferences and doing the hard work of relationship building, you know, when there's no necessarily needed value for it in the moment, but knowing that, um, I'm going to need this eventually. Yeah. And that's really powerful. The, the theme that all the guests really go, it's network and knowledge. And the fact that they go hand in hand is, is also very huge. Yeah. I would say skills is a third one though. Um, you need to develop skills and you have to make yourself valuable as well. Knowledge is good, but knowledge and skills. And I think, um, to really get good at something and knowledgeable is key, right? But it's one thing to be knowledgeable about real estate. It's another thing to be good at real estate investing. You can know a lot if you never practiced it, if you never done it, that's different. You know, same thing with marketing, same thing with selling. You could know a lot about sales until you get on the phone and actually try and sell someone. <laughs> you don't know a lot. And so I think skills is something that really, really key to be building in your 20s and become really valuable in your 30s. And so, you know, for me, I mean, that's, I, I wasn't an entrepreneur until my 30s, but I was an evangelist. I was on the campus. I was meeting people. I was sharing my faith. I was helping people, you know, ask the hard questions. And so that was a skill I was building and developing day after day after day after day after day after day. After day. And it's made me a very powerful marketer and salesperson, even though I don't really have any decent sales skills. I I shouldn't say I don't have skills. Like I never had any like right. um, sales history or, right, um, right. right but I, I've developed skills. And I think that's really key. Great. Well, that's awesome for sure. Um, well, since I put you on the spot, I want to give you a chance for revenge. So ask me anything you want to know about me. Uh, um, let me see. Uh, how much money are you making right now? Um, how much money are you making right now? Making a couple couple hundred a week. Uh, writing, writing copy. I write copy for real estate entrepreneurs. Um, okay. I have a couple businesses I'm setting up that uh, aren't necessarily making money, but I'm, I'm learning marketing and um, hopefully going to become a, a traffic master too. Uh, something I can, you know, use. What are you trying to become mastery? So the reason I should do that is because I, I, I don't really care about how much money you're making because I just want to know like how many, how many different ways you're split. So like, what's the, what are you trying to become master over? Is it copywriting? Is it kind of that skill? Not really, honestly. That's just a way for me to add value to the people who I want to learn from. Um, I'm writing what is paying the bills essentially. Well, yeah. I mean, it's allowing me to invest in, in education and like buy audio books, buy, uh, other, yeah. other things that help me learn. But I mean, I'm building connections with some of the people that you probably look up to right now by adding value through copywriting. And I just saw that everyone, all the syndicators have a need for it. So I wanted to, and I, I know I'm good at it. So I wanted to do, yeah. I wanted to help them that way. But really my ultimate goal is to add value to the world through real estate. Um, by offering investments to people and adding value to, to properties. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm trying to yeah. get, that's where I'm trying to go. That's I'm really spread good. pretty thin right now, honestly. I, I got hybriding, I got school, I got podcasts, I got uh, these other businesses I'm trying to build. I'm uh, laying the foundation for my my 
Great Arbor Capital, which is my uh, investment group. Um, yeah, can I give you some advice? Stop. Yeah, doing all yeah. That stuff, dude. Like, pick the most valuable thing that you do, and just get really good at that. Like, yeah, I mean, there's something to being entrepreneurial, but dude, like, the 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 compounding value of becoming really good. Let me just give an example of like capital raising and not worrying about anything else, right? Like the compounding value of that and what you learn and the things you begin to put onto that, right? And all the skills that you have to begin to acquire to become a better better capital raiser. The thing about doing multiple things is like, you never really know what's the next skill that you need to, to be able to hone in on and focus in on and learn, right? Like, because if you're doing multiple things, it's like, well, there's a probably a ton of skills that you need if you're doing three or four things. And so you never really know what's next to get better at, where if you're like, this is what I'm becoming master, a master at, you, you know, like you're going to get to your ceiling and be like, okay, for me to go to this next level, I have to go learn this. And then you can go learn that, or you can go find that person. And so I just would, you know, good for you, man, that you're, you're doing the things to build a relationship. I would just say when I hear multiple businesses and you're nothing is actually making you a million dollars a year you're doing too much because if you were really good at something, you would be making more money. And so you're not good enough yet at something and you need to stop doing multiple things and do one thing. And, um, part of me wants to say that that's not school. Everyone says it should be school, but I can't do the one thing when I'm also in school, if my school is not that one thing. So now it's kind of all these other things I'm exploring while I'm in school. School's so easy though, dude. Like, I mean, just freaking go like, like, what do you mean school, bro? You're in college. You, you go to school for like two hours a day. Give me a break. Yeah. What do you no, mean I, school? School. I don't know. Well, I just college, <laughs> college. College is the biggest joke, dude. Like, like, what do you study? I study finance, management, and philosophy. Okay, so finance is like could be hard, but philosophy. Come on, dude. You could show up to your test and make C's all day long. Yeah. Yeah, I know. Part of me is like, I used to focus about getting all A's, and my GPA is really good. Kind of yeah, want to keep no it up there. No one cares. No one cares. I know, I, you know, there's, like, more, there's better things to care about. Brokers, like, brokers have never asked me what my GPA was. The people I raised money from never asked me what my GPA was. It's important to graduate. Cool. Well, yeah. So, um, well, how do you find that one thing? That's the thing. It's like right now I'm exploring all these things. I have a real estate networking group I, I found in New Orleans. I, I just. No, that's I'm a good question. Dude. That's a better question. Yeah. How do you go find the one thing? Yeah. That's no, I don't know. That's a good question, though. See, that's a question you should be asking. Like, how do I go? <laughs> what, I, what I'm doing is I'm exploring all these different things and seeing which thing inspires me the most and draws me the most. And it's, it's, uh, it's hard. It's, I'm, not, I'm not getting that. You know, it, I don't feel like I'm ready to commit to any of these one things yet because I, there's things I like about all of them. And I just, I got to yeah. see which brings me to where I want to be. And that's you know, like, I'll give you a great example. You got, you know, like, um, Mr. Beast, you know, you guys probably watch him on YouTube. You know, dude, man, dude is amazing. I mean, he's got so much freaking. Um, listen, uh, my buddy was telling me this example. He's been making YouTube videos since he was 13, 11, 11 years old, 13 years old. You know, he's 23, makes millions of dollars off of videos on YouTube because he spent 10 years making YouTube videos, dude. He's gotten really good at one thing. And I think that's just a, you know, we, the reason there are a few of him is because everybody wants to go do a bunch of things and no one's willing to do the hard work long enough to get good at it. And um, he's a great example of that. So um, 
I heard that example. I think he was on the Joe Rogan podcast. Someone was like, oh, you got to go listen to the show. But like, I was like, yeah, well, look at what he's done. He's just focused on one thing for long enough to get really good at it. And he's very wealthy because of it. Yeah. So maybe it's podcasting. And by the way, I'm the biggest. I need to eat my advice more than anybody I know. So, um, And I only have two things I do. But even two is too many, I realize. Wow. So, dude, yeah. this is great, man. Appreciate yeah, your time. Yeah, I appreciate it. This has been a great episode. And I think everyone's going to get a lot of value. Well, um, oh, I think that's a, a good note to end it on, definitely. So, um, anywhere people could find you if they want to learn more about you? Uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, we do this, this show called the Future Real Estate Podcast. Um, go check that out. I think people will really enjoy that. Uh, yeah, we have a company called Symphony Capital Group. Um, symphonycapitalgroup.com dude i mean depending on what you're gonna do but like the future real estate would probably be the best since we've talked about that the most um go subscribe and, and um check that out awesome well thanks again for your time and it's been a pleasure all right everybody all right keep making milestones